Is Ellie Tolvanen the biggest one that got away in Nashville Predators history? His breakthrough season got us thinking about some other former Preds that we regret seeing leave town unceremoniously. We'll talk about some of our favorite ones that we wish were still here today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and a special hi to all of you loyal locked on preds fans who join us every single day on this podcast we're happy to be coming to you live again i'm nick morgan i'm a writer at penalty box radio and i have a partner in crime you do i'm ann kimmel i'm a writer at insidethepreds.com we got report cards to get to today as well cal foot a.k.a. the guy that you probably forgot played the second <laughs> half of the season for the Nashville Predators, came over from the Lightning in that Tanner Janot trade. How was his very short season in Nashville, and what do we think about his role on this team moving forward? We'll get into that coming up later in the show. But first, uh, put out an article today on Penalty Bucks Radio about the Preds that got away. This is in honor of seeing Ellie Tolvanen oh. have himself quite the season in Seattle. Uh, eight points in 14 playoff games this year. Set all kinds of career highs after finally getting a long leash to do something. So I came up with some other Nashville Predators players who uh, have done big things after leaving town. Told Ann about it, and uh, that got us into a little bit debate about who is the biggest quote-unquote one that got away in team history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now I want to preface all of this conversation by saying so much is about fit. And I know the Ellie Tolvanen thing, this Ellie Tolvanen thing is going to stick in the craw of Nashville Predators fans for years to come. Like this is going to be like the one that's hard to get over. You know, it's, 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 it was a bad breakup and, and there's lots of regret and wish we could have done things differently. But I just do want to say, even as I look through these and, and we had conversation about it, so much is about fit. So, you know, could these players have replicated what they did eventually here in Nashville or why didn't they? Whole conversation around this. But I do think it's interesting to look at the ones that got away. Like, what is the regret we're living with and is it valid? So let, let's start with Ellie Tolvin and Anne. You know, mm -hmm. we've talked about him leaving. We've talked about the backlash we've had. We've talked about fit. This isn't as we won't go through this list, this isn't the first time a situation like his has happened in Nashville, but why do you think this particular one is the one that has fans maybe the most riled up as it happens? I think it's timing. I really do. I think that it's timing because the focus of the predators, when all of this went down with Ellie Tolvin and was, we're going to make a deep playoff push. You know, it, it wasn't we're in a reset rebuild. It's we're going to make a deep playoff push. And so I think expectations were set a certain way for the fan base. 
And to the fan base, Ellie Tolvanen was going to get them closer to that. True or not, I don't know. But I think I think timing is everything because I think frustration levels with where the Predators were, how they've performed since that Stanley Cup final, continuing to kind of keep the core together and trying to add little pieces season after season since then. I think the frustration level was high among the fan base that like, we need a bigger pivot. We need a bigger pivot. And I think a lot of people felt like it was time earlier for a reset rebuild and that Ellie Tolvanen was going to be a part of that. I also think there's just a lot of lore around Ellie Tolvanen. I think they're, the expectations from the moment they drafted him were so high, you know, and, and I think all of that played into why this is such a lightning rod move with the Nashville Predators fan base and will be, I think for seasons to come. Yeah. And can I, I want to piggyback off something you said, because you thought it was timing in the expectation of, you know, we, we need to win now. We need to win now. Uh, the, I think the thing with that is that was the Nashville Predators expectation. Whereas if you ask a lot of the fan base, the expectation wasn't that the expectation is okay. We're kind of in a rut. We need to get some of these younger players up to speed. Yeah. So it's twofold. You know, the Preds had guys in the lineup that weren't Ellie Tolvanen, that weren't necessarily helping the team get wins. Meanwhile, you had Ellie Tolvanen, a guy that you want to kind of be the centerpiece of your team moving forward on the bench doing nothing while also the team is not winning. Yes. So I think that contributed to the hot button issue as well. Um, you know, it's funny <laughs> because I, I put this up on um, Facebook and the, the number one comment we got was, this is just an indication of all these, you know, players are indication of, you know, it's time for Heinz to go and Heinz to go. Ellie Dalton is the only person on my list that played Thank under you. John Heinz. Yes, but, I but, yeah, but isn't that just and that got me thinking? Like, isn't that just also the perception of the team? Like, we're gonna waste all these young players. Like, all oh, these players on the bench, they're not playing the youth. Like, isn't that just kind of in part of the backlash for Tolvin? And also comes from just the perception that the Predators can't build these young forwards. Yes, I think it's a hundred percent perception because you're right. As I went through and looked at some of the ones that were big for me. They weren't under John Hines. Yeah. You know? And so I think a lot of the backlash against John Hines is residual frustration that maybe isn't even necessarily about coaching decisions as it is about direction of the team. And like you said, you know, when did that pivot need to happen? When did that need to happen for the fan base? And I think that's where a lot of this frustration comes. And look, I've got I've got big feelings about the Ellie Tolvanen situation. And you and I have talked about this because, you know, when you hear hoof beats, you think horses and not zebras. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I wonder if this is a zebra situation where there's a little bit more to it behind the scenes. You know, I think this the the way that things have played out has been a really good narrative for Ellie Tolvanen. But I'm not 100 yeah. percent sure that the narrative is maybe completely representative of how all of this went down. No, but who's speculation fault is that on my in? part, but I got big feels about it. 
Yeah, but I also think there's, to your point, maybe some fault all around that certain mm -hmm. people are trying to distance themselves from. You know, I, I think maybe like the Nashville Predators would maybe like to downplay the role that they had in, in yeah. Elliot Tolvin and not exactly working out. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it yeah. it was a it was a cluster, shall we say? Yeah. So was, so let's look at some let's look at some of these other players mm -hmm. and say maybe if their situations in retrospect are worse or better than the Ellie Tolvanen situation. <laughs> like in terms of this really sticks in our craw. We'll get to some of these names in just a second. Some of them, uh, you're gonna know who we're gonna be talking about instantly. Some uh, you might have forgot even played for the Nashville Predators. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be a fun show. We're going to get into that in just a second. But first, I want to mention today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is the perfect fit. Well, it's the exact same thing when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. All you have to do is add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check next to each part to know whether it will fit. And if it doesn't, you get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million different parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only, and excursions apply. All right, Ann, let's go through some of these other names, like ones that got away, mm. and whether it's worse or better than the Ellie Tolvanen situation, like like their exit in retrospect being worse or better. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about another Ford. I think the Preds would like to have right now, and that's Kevin Fiala. Oh, yes, come a on. point a greater than a point per game player for two consecutive seasons now. Yeah. Is this better or worse than the Ellie Tolvanen situation? Okay, for me, context makes it slightly better, only because in my mind, I try to find ways to excuse it. Um, and I agree with you. You watch Kevin Fiala and you look at his numbers from when he left Nashville. You know, he left uh, in 2018, 2019 in Nashville. He had 32 points in when he was in Minnesota in 19 and 20. He played same number of games, had 54 points. This season in L.A., he played 69 games, 72 points. Y'all, it just keeps getting exponentially worse. Yeah. And 85-point uh, season last year in yeah. two games. I mean, this is somebody who the Predators fans have had to watch flourish where he's been. This is how I try to make myself feel better about this with Kevin Fiala. And I really know, just full disclosure, I'm making excuses. Okay, yeah. this, this is painful. But in my mind, I think, you know what, the further out from his injury Kevin Fiala got, the more likely he was to perform better. <laughs> this is the thing that I tell myself. Yeah. Is it accurate? Probably not. I think the opportunities that he was given in Minnesota, I think the the 
team that he is playing with in L.A., taking better advantage of what he can do. And that is what sticks in the craw. When we talk about these situations, it's like, you know, the situation is better. Why couldn't that situation be good here? So, but I will say for me, I make the excuse that, you know what, the further out he got from that injury he suffered in the Stanley Cup finals, the, the, you know, the better, the, the more likely he was to thrive wherever he was. Right. And I think the thing also with Fiala is in terms of the player you wish you had back, Mm-hmm. That's probably, you know, it's worse than the Tolvanen situation because I think Fiala is a better player than Ellie Tolvanen, or at least has, has been one to this point of his career. I think the only thing that maybe makes it a little bit better than the Tolvanen situation mm-hmm. is the situation surrounding the Granlin trade. I mean, they, they, yes, yes it's one of those things where it's like in retrospect, it was a bad move, but you knew what they were going for. You know, getting, you know, you know, you, you needed to win now. You didn't have time to develop Fiala, so you wanted to bring Granlund in, who's, you know, more of a good right now. It's just something yeah. that it, it didn't work. It yeah. didn't work. So for me, I think it's it's better than the than the uh, the Tolvanen situation just because it's one of those like, okay, you didn't lose them for free and you kind of saw what the team was going for. Yeah. It just wound up maybe being a regretful trade. Yeah. And speaking of regretful trade, Anne, here's oh, another no. recent addition to that list. Uh, how about Sammy Gerard? Yes, come on. Yeah, Come this on. this was a guy who, of course, uh, made his Nashville Predators debut in the season opener in uh, 2017, 2017-2018 season. Yeah. Uh, made it out of camp just one year after being drafted, uh, three points in five games with the Nashville Predators, and then was off to Colorado in oh. the uh, the ill-fated Kyle Turris trade, which, by the way, also sent Matt Duchesne to Ottawa. So there's a little bonus Predators connection for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And to me, this is this is one that's I think, maybe interesting. Because not only is that maybe up there in terms of the worst trade in Predators history, certainly one of two, I think, mm-hmm. in my book. But also the fact that the Predators defensively kind of sucked this past season. (laughs) And you have a guy in Colorado who, behind two very Norris-worthy defenders, was also getting some Norris buzz as, like, early as last year. Yeah. Yep. This This one is a tough one. And it's one that people don't necessarily think about right off the top of their head. You know, when we talk about this, you think Kevin Fiala right away. He's kind of the the pinpoint narrative. But it is players like Sammy Gerrard. And another one kind of in that same vein for me is Freddie Gaudreau. I mean, I'm not comparing Freddie Gaudreau to Kevin Fiala, but... No, but as far as don't you, you know, did we really want to let that go? Look, Freddie Gaudreau, great story, undrafted guy, Milwaukee signed him. Called up during, uh, he was called up first during the uh, food poisoning game against Detroit, which who doesn't want to make their debut then, but then came up, played in the Stanley Cup finals after we lost Fisher and Rijo and had his first three NHL goals were in Stanley Cup finals. So like, look at you, big guy. Yeah. 
you know, then, uh, you know, free agency went to Pittsburgh and then now in Minnesota and he's doing some things in Minnesota. And here is where it's not even so much the stats for me on Freddie Gaudreau as it is the salt in the wound of Freddie Gaudreau, because on April 13th, when the Predators played Minnesota, Freddie Gaudreau scored two goals. And during intermission, they announced, hey, we're going to sign him to a five-year, $10 million deal. Like salt in the wound on Freddie Gaudreau. You know what else? Freddie Gaudreau had 38 points this year. Would have made him the fifth highest score on the Nashville Predators this season. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the only Preds players that had more than him were Yossi, Deshane, Novak, and Forsberg. Yeah, so, he would have been, yeah, second leading goal scorer behind Duchesne tied with Forsberg. Yeah. Wolf wow, and offense. ouch. That sucks, man. <laughs> it does suck. Yeah. It does. You, know, you know what? And here's another name that I kind of want to go back to that I was going through this list that mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of the same vibe as Freddie Goudreau a little bit. Mm-hmm. Rich Peverly. Rich this is a throwback name. I was going to uh, say, we are reaching in the vault. <laughs> yeah. Now, if, if this guy was almost kind of the Tanner Janot of his heir, he, you know, was undrafted, played in the ECHL. His play in the ECHL earned him a contract with the Milwaukee Admirals. Mm-hmm. He wound up being the Milwaukee Admirals leading scorer. And because of that, the Preds saw him and just decided to sign him from milwaukee he got into some games did really well kind of a depth guy but uh just never earned a full-time spot in the lineup and was put on waivers uh in in 2009 he was claimed by atlanta which there's another atlanta player connection that we're gonna get to in a little bit and wound up scoring 35 points in the last 38 games of the season had a 55 point season the next year and then I think he moved on to he moved on to Boston, which was I think the thing that people really remember him from. Mm-hmm. He won that Stanley Cup in 2011. Was one of the grit guys on that team. Like still to this day, a beloved member uh, of the Boston Bruins community. And it's just like another one of those things. It's like, huh, you know, the Nashville Predators, different situation, maybe a little bit longer a leash. Maybe he's like the X factor for, you know, a Predators deep cup run team in 2011, 2012. Yeah. It's kind of kind of the same vibe as Gaudreau a little bit. Like not by far, not like a high end score kind of guy. But man, if you would have held on to them, that would have been just a perfect addition to that middle six. Yeah. So much regret. So little time. Yeah. Some other names. We'll we'll get through um, just a couple other names I want to throw out there. Andrew Burnett, mm. uh, who a lot of people know now for his coaching situation. There's a lot of Preds fans that want him back. Played on the team the inaugural season. Did fine. Uh, was traded to Atlanta for a draft pick. Had two 50-point seasons. Wound up playing over 1,000 games in the NHL. Had a uh, about 800 career points. I think the Predators would have liked him back. Another one I wanted to mention, in is Greg DeVries. Uh, yep, that Greg DeVries, the one that played on the team in 2007 and 2008. Uh, he was also on the very first Nashville Predators team, traded after five games, uh, became a top four defenseman on the Colorado Avalanche team that won a cup in the 2000. One, uh, and then uh, do, do you remember Devin Dubnik? 
It's oh a Nashville gosh. Predator. Wow. It, it's okay if you don't. A lot of people <laughs> forgot. Uh, came here from Edmonton after UC Soros, or not UC Soros, man, uh, after Pekka Rene. Just, it, it's been so long since Rene has been here that I've had like the UC Soros franchise goaltender just ingrained in my head. But it was when Pekka Rene got that hip surgery Come and on. the Preds made a trade with the Oilers to bring Devin Dubnik in. And after two games and nine goals allowed, the Preds were like, yeah, let's let's not do that anymore. <laughs> and then was was put on waivers, traded to Montreal, bounced around. And then that's when he wound up in Minnesota and became the Devin Dubnik that terrorized Preds fans for a better part of the last decade. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you, the word waivers is really becoming a twitchy word for me. It yeah. really is like, golly, we, we got to We got to We got to do something about this because this is turning into a really depressing episode. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, you know what will cheer us up and talking about Cal Foot's play this season. Yeah, we're going to do that in in just a minute. We're going to give him his report card and talk through Cal Foot's season. But first, want to let you know we're welcoming a new sponsor to the Locked On NHL Network. It is Bird Dogs. Look, if you or a guy in your life is desperately needing to refresh your summer wardrobe, you need to check out Bird Dogs. They sent us a couple pair of shorts to try out and to really put them to the test, I gave them to my very pickiest child to give them an honest evaluation. Look, here's what's real. My son hates uncomfortable clothes. We've both ended up in tears clothes shopping before when he was younger, but I figured if he likes them. That means something. I want him to look nice and he wants to be comfortable and bird dogs hit the nail on the head. You get the comfort and stretch that guys want with a classic look and fit that makes everybody look put together. Look, they're great for any sort of summer plans you have. You can wear them out on the boat with your friends and then head on over to a nice restaurant for dinner later that night, never having to change your clothes. And you're gonna be comfortable the whole time. So if you're looking for comfort, fit, and versatility, you need to check out our friends at Bird Dogs. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. And when you enter promo code locked on NHL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Again, go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL for a great selection of comfortable, stylish, versatile pants for the guy in your life. All right, and we're continuing our off-season report cards today with Cal Foot. This I'm sorry, was a with guy, a, a defender that came over in the Tanner Janot trade from the Tampa Bay Lightning, played the last 24 games with the Preds, one goal, three assists, and four points. A big contributor on the penalty kill. Yeah, that's that's pretty much all you can say about Cal Foot at this point. Yeah. What, what's one what's one word to describe Calfoot's season? Uh, one word to describe Calfoot's season is, uh, and you are, and I don't mean that in an unkind way because part of the the Calfoot narrative in which he is overlooked is that he came over in the trade with the Tanner Janot, and when you talk about that Tanner Janot trade, what you really tend, you know, the main storyline of that trade is, of course, all of the draft picks. I mean, that was a ginormous haul from the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I think <clears throat> Calfoot tends to be overlooked in how he got here and then also in his play. I agree with you. I think on the penalty kill, really helpful. 
not somebody who necessarily stood out. Um, you know, this is a third pairing defenseman. Um, yeah, what's your one word to describe Calfoot? You ran out of words to say Calfoot, didn't you? I mean, well, I mean, you know, I think it's interesting that his name is Callen Foot. I, you know, just a little bit of trivia, folks. He's not Cal, he's Calvin. Callen. Oh, oh Cal. man, that, that's not a nutshell of Calvin's season right there. <laughs> uh, to me, my one word is Tom Smakowski from the movie Office Space. Uh, he was the guy that had the jump to conclusions little game board. I don't know if you ever saw that movie Office Space, but hit the famous line that's been used a lot. He was the guy that did the evaluation, uh, like did his job evaluation. And he had like the one job where he had to really bend over backwards to try to describe. And one of the, one of the evaluators just finally leaned up to him and said, what would you say you do here? Oh gosh. <laughs> that to me is I think what the offseason should be people in the offseason should be saying to Calfoot. Yeah. Uh because yeah, what what exactly is is he doing here? Yeah. Uh he's to to put it nightly nicely, not really an impressive 24 game stint with the Nashville Predators. Yeah. To me, and he looked more like a guy that you come in if somebody else in your top six defensive core is hurt mm-hmm. or needs a day off. He looks more like a rotational defenseman guy, not somebody that I think is going to be a building plot for your team, which I think the Predators maybe had sort of a a hope, a fingers crossed yeah. sort of hope that maybe they could build him into something, but there, there is just a lot of work that needs to be done to get Cal Foot to being a reliable everyday NHL defenseman, and he's 24 years old. I don't know how much more room he's got left to grow. Yeah, what do you see? You know, just talking about Cal Foot and, and where is he going to fit in with the National Predators? How do you see this defensive core playing out? You know, Yossi, Carrier, Fabro, Tyson Berry. Who am I forgetting? Jeremy uh, Lasan. Yeah, I mean, there's there's probably Dante Fabro. Oh, did I forget Fabro? Yeah. Hashtag you say Fabro or Carrier. I don't know. Yeah. We'll rewind. We'll rewind this later and go yeah. back. Yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting question, Anne, because also you got to mention who else is going to be on this team next year. Are the Preds yeah. going to try to go get a defenseman, or are they going to maybe move a defenseman? Is is Ryan McDonough going to wave his no move clause or something like that? You know, there was rumors of the Preds maybe were kind of kicking around the idea of asking him to do that at the deadline. Didn't because of all the trades that happened since. But, you know, the Predators, you know, we, we kind of mentioned it during, while we were talking about Sammy Gerrard, one of the worst defensive teams in the NHL this year, second to last uh, in terms of shots allowed. Yeah. So that is something that is absolutely going to need to change. And you're going to need guys on the blue line that are a little bit better at puck possession, mm-hmm. a little bit faster, a little bit, you know, more apt at keeping up with some of the big guns, you know, guys like Callum foot have, you know, they have the size and they're good for, you know, shot blocking, you know, clearing out the front of the net, some of the physical stuff that goes along with that role. Uh, but 
if if you really want to revamp this team, do you look at somebody like Calfoot and say, okay, that's the type of defenseman we need that's going to be, you know, out there, you know, 18 minutes a game on that bottom pair and really give us a good shot at, at holding some teams, you know, neutralizing yeah. some teams' offense? Or is he a guy that you look at and say, okay, when he's in the lineup, the expectation is just don't screw too oh, much God. up. Yeah. Like, is he just kind of a plug and play when, you know, you need a defenseman to go out there and play minutes? Yeah. And I think we talk so much as we look ahead, especially with this reset and what we saw at the end of the season, we focus so much on, you know, the forwards and how yeah. are these guys going to step in? You know, what is it going to look like for Tommy Novak and Luke Evangelista? And will we see Joachim Kamel? But I think, wow, there is a lot to talk about when it comes to the defense, too. So Nashville Predators have a lot going on this offseason. And here's the thing. I have no idea, no idea what Barry Trotz is going to do. I think it's going to be very interesting at the trade deadline to see what they do with all of their draft capital. Are they going to make a move? Are they going to sit tight for a season? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of options, but there's also a lot of areas where the Nashville Predators kind of need to take a hard look. And like we said, defense is definitely one of them, too. Yeah. And uh foot is a restricted free agent. Should mention that. So the predators could maybe give them, okay, like one, one yeah. year, if it works out great, if not back to Milwaukee, you go, mm -hmm. uh, or they can just say, you know what? We didn't really like what we saw. Uh, we're not going to extend you. We're not going to offer you a, um, a qualifying offer. And maybe you turn your attention to somebody in Milwaukee, like Spencer Stastny, who had a very strong debut. Yep. Uh, maybe this is an opening for Jeremy Lazan to kind of take that next step. You know, who, yeah. who knows? But I, I think there's, if I were in charge of the Nashville Predators, I would say maybe there are better options to, yep. to round out the defense than, yep. than Calfoot. And again, I, I don't mean it to slam the guy or anything no, like that. No. I just think as you're building this team moving forward, you're you're going to need a defensive, you know, a defenseman with a little bit different of a skill set. Yeah. And it's about investing forward, like you said, investing forward. So I think you're gonna err on the side of investing in somebody like a Spencer Stasny. Yeah. So. But we'll see. We'll see. Lord only knows, y'all. This offseason for the Nashville Predators is going to be absolutely insane. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. And speaking of, uh, back on the trade deadline, we pitched the idea of having you guys at home create your own trade proposals. A trade proposal that you guys wanted to see. We would judge on the show. Uh, we never actually got to do that on the show because the day we were going to do it was the weekend where David Poyle announced he was stepping down, mm -hmm. that Nino Niederreiter got traded. Later that day, Matthias Ekholm got traded. Tanner Janot got traded bus. the day after that. Long story short, we never actually got to do that segment. Now that it's the offseason, we're bringing it back. Come so on. if you guys have some trade proposals, stuff that you would love to see happen in this offseason, maybe the Predators take a big swing at a big guy on the block later this year. Maybe you want to get somebody off the roster. Maybe you think you can bring some intriguing prospects back. Whatever it is, we want to hear. So send us your trade proposals. You can either tweet us at LO underscore Predators or comment on one of our YouTube videos. Let us know. Uh, coming up later, uh, we will be doing that live on air. We're excited to do that. 
And where can the people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at AnnK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at penaltyboxradio.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, Locked on Predators is your free daily Nashville Predators podcast available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. All you have to do is search Locked on Predators on whatever platform you use and hit that subscribe button. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Predators to stay in the loop and chat with us during the offseason. We will see you tomorrow for another all-new episode.